welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of that old instrument that your grandfather has in the attic. What did I say? Grandfather. Grandfather has in the attic. And he takes it down and he goes, do you want to have a shot on this? I'm sure you can get a tune out of it. And you look at it and it's like got twigs and twinkles and all sorts. There's strings going this way. There's pegs going that way. And you go, thanks, grandfather. Great. <laughs> you know, my, you know, my granddad he used to always tell us uh, that he played the linoleum. Linoleum. <laughs> He's like, you know, I play the linoleum really well. And I was like, and I was like, before I before I was old enough to know what linoleum actually was, I'd be like, Granddad, can I have a shot on the linoleum? He's like, oh, it's up in the attic, son. I'm not, I'm not getting it down just for you. <laughs> What's what star signs your grandmother? She's a feces. I've never heard that one. <laughs> or when you're driving your mum a bit fast, she's like, you're driving a bit erotically. Some <laughs> nice turns of phrase there uh, for you, though, on yeah, a nice no. Saturday morning. Right, no, grand, grandparents are, are always funny ones. Every, old, every, time, every time I see my granddad, every time I, I've, had this, I've had this beard for about, you know, a good number of years now. Can I, can and every single says. time, I know what you know say. what he says? I know what he says. He goes, oh, you've grown a beard. <laughs> no, 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 no. He says... <laughs> he says, "Oh, still you see, I still, <laughs> I see you still look like a man peering through a hedge." <laughs> I, I thought you were going to maybe even say, "Like, I still think you you look like an unemployed man," because isn't that the the perception that having a beard is kind of from from their generation? It's like, oh, oh it's a bit oh, having a beard because it was all shaven back in the day. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think for shaven. them it still is. Yeah, exactly. Well, my grand, yeah, my grand, I think he's got a small little mafia-style moustache. You know the moustache where kind of sh- I'm pointing at my own face because you can see it, but the listeners can't, obviously. No. But the top of, if you've got a moustache from the bo- top of your lip to the, the bottom of your nose, from the bottom of your nose down, you kind of shave that little bit. And so it's kind of like Don Corleone moustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, no, he's I, know the, I know the styles. I only noticed it the other day. Grandfather's mustaches. Hey, grand, what are they like? What a, what, what a start to the podcast. I never thought we'd be starting like that. Another way that I thought we'd be starting is we're in the same room. We are. This, this is, is this we've is amazing. not done this in a while, yeah. have we? No, we've not done this in a while. Not, oh, I mean, at this point, the vast, vast, vast majority uh-huh. of our catalogue now, I do like calling it a catalogue. Yes, and I like it when you say vast three times into the microphone because I've got a slight delay in my echoes. So it's like you said it six times. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Treats all around. No, the vast majority of our catalogue is us being in separate locations doing it over the internet. Mm, we're kind of like the Argos of and I the future. Wanna, and I kind of want to pat ourselves on the back uh, for We can for do that because we're this close to we each can, other. We can, we can. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, just oh, do dribbled something down your top. What's oh. that? Oh, it's probably it's probably coffee. Oh, it's probably it's probably coffee. Why is it there? It's under his armpit, ladies and gentlemen. How does he drink his coffee? How do you drink your coffee? Or right I, in. It right might have been splashback from when I washed my hands. Oh, or when you went for a little. Or, wee I, went, wee. Well, went, or I went for a pee. Or a wee dribble. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I'd say, I want to pat ourselves in the back for. We've done that. Bit. Our well, yeah, but for the for the quality for the quality one. of the recordings. <laughs> since we've not been away because i heard i heard some zoom podcasts recently and they sound terrible like some remote podcasts i mean obviously i won't name and shame but some some of them have not been good so now that we are back and we're going and we're in the same room together it's almost like things are back to normal oh no wait no they're not things are starting to ramp up again aren't they oh yes it's gonna get worse it's gonna get worse before and we always knew it would um we 
I think the only thing we can just say is, I guess, don't be dicks. Just do do what's the best thing that needs to be done. Like I've had to stop a lot of social occasions. It's a pain in the arse, I know, but it'll be worth it in the long run. Yeah. Um. Don't. I guess. It's one of the, it's one of these ones. What I found quite interesting. So I'm I'm a member of all these like next door, um, you know, like next door apps and stuff like this yeah. in my local community. I think you are. Yeah, as well. I've got. Yeah, and we live close enough. We're probably in the same kind same, of uh, the same one. Yeah, social exactly. bubble. And I I read a really interesting thing on there because obviously the government, the UK government, has sort of said, look, uh, if you see your neighbours not enforcing the six person rule, you know, please report them to the police. And someone on next door, you know, and I was I saw it being like reporting to reporting uh parties of greater than six was the headline of the next door article and i went oh here we go another nimby another you know you know yeah reporting but actually it was a really it was a really persuasive argument from someone who lives on our street and they went and it was basically i i can't i can't say the whole thing but the 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 just the just of it was basically why would you feel ever feel the need to report on your neighbor who's having six or more people like that's not your neighbor's job and that you know the government isn't going to be there for you when your car breaks down and where you know you, you need a you need a spare bag of sugar or whatever it is there the your the government's not going to be there when you yeah. need child care asking asking people asking people to for lack of a better word, grass on their community. Exactly. I, 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 that's dodgy. Nobody it is. That's dodgy. Isn't Nobody that, wants to do that. And isn't that a bit? I mean, I guess this is. We're not political. <laughs> we'll get onto what we are in just a second. But I, it just threw me that, didn't it? It was almost like some sort of dystopian, you, you know, society where the government's saying, "Make sure you tell on your neighbors." Yeah. It's it's another case of. I mean that that's a that's a dark way to look at it. Mm. I I'm basically looking at we it. We live in a dark neighborhood. <laughs> we do, <laughs> we do. It's dark and dingy. It's kind of D- Dickensian. I kind of looked at it as a, you know, the, the government kind of pushing off responsibility from them onto us, like they've been doing for the whole thing. And you know, the amount of times I've heard Boris Johnson say. Um, the common sense of the British people and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> stop oh. relying on our common sense. If we need if we need locked up for public health, just bloody do it. Yeah. Honestly, I would much rather that than them pussyfooting around trying to, you know, uh, I don't to give Whatever. you some scary statistics about the the British people, remember just just have a think of how stupid the average person is, and remember that fifty percent of people are. Uh, less intelligent than that person like that's the scary thought to think about it there's an average iq and the reason there's an average is because people are less than that and if you want to know how stupid people are drive on the motorway my god yeah no 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 but the other yeah but the thing about driving on the motorway to play devil's advocate to that point is everyone is hardwired to look for idiots on the on the that's a good point actually on the motorway and you will find them and because i've seen the most the most level-headed people turn into absolute road rage monsters <laughs> on the on the motorway and i'm not saying that's you but i'm also that. not I'm, saying it's I'm, not I'm, you either <laughs> and if you want another fun piece of statistics or facts for you um alex you as a human have above average amount of arms uh, you have the above average amount of arms Wait, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm having to think about that. This is a morning podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not sure my brain is caught up yet. Well, if, Wait, does that mean you're saying that there are more people in the world with less than two arms? No, what I'm saying is as long as there is one person in the world with one arm, the average of how many arms there are in the world ever so slightly dips below two arms. Therefore, because oh. you have two arms, you have above average. 
<laughs> Some advocates work. <laughs> We're not a maths podcast. <laughs> do you get it? I <laughs> know, uh, I do get it. I mean, it's ridiculous. We are a music and movies podcast, of course, and each week we will discuss some of our most favourite movies with some impeccable soundtracks. Some of our favouritest. Some of our favouritest. Some of our most favouritest. And we are capping off a trilogy this week. And what better way to do it than both of us in person start? So I'm playing around with the. Um, the, the stand of the microphone that might have got some nice socks and it kind of feels nice against my feet. It does. Unfortunately, so, I think we can. No, you can actually. Oh, you can? Yeah, Sorry. you can. I only just realised now that you brought it up. I was I'm like, going oh, yeah. to stop fidgeting and start uh, getting back to the intro, which is that we are Music and Movies Podcast and we are finishing the Cornetto Trilogy. Uh, that is obviously Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost's absolute British classic, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and finally we cap it off with The World's End. Now, I was going to say the year, but I'm not overly convinced that I know what the year was off the top of my head. I'm saying tw- I'm saying 2010. You think I was going I'm to... I'm saying 2010. I think it's later than that, but only because I can't find the app on my phone. <laughs> but, uh, here we are. I was going to say 2013. It, it's 10 or 11. World. World. 2013. Oh, God damn I've it. done it. So out. So out. Now, I remember being so excited for this film. I mean, the hype for this film was mental because we'd seen Shaun of the Dead, we'd seen Hot Fuzz, we'd also seen Scott Pilgrim and we we were very, very familiar with Edgar Wright and and the, the top class quality directing that he is capable of, the writing, the fusion of comedy with amazing story writing and script telling. Also... Had Star Trek come out at this point? I'm talking about like Simon that, Pegg, Global oh, Stardom. You know what we're, we're, we're bad with years. Hang on, I'll bring him up. The, the 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 one with Chris Pine. Because there was yeah, so it had right. It had yeah. So because obviously Star Trek would have launched Simon mm. Pegg into like a different stratosphere of global stardom i thought you were gonna make a star trek pun it would have launched him into outer space (laughs) launched him into outer space where no man has gone before well that's right i mean simon pegg by this point was is now hollywood he belongs to Hollywood. global commodity yeah he he he, and and it's and it's always great he doesn't live there yet though does he i I don't think he does don't know where he lives he's quite i think he's quite uh Actually, I don't know a huge amount about him and Nick Frost. I think they are quite private people, the two yeah. of them. They're not... I think especially Nick Frost, but I don't know if I just think that because Nick Frost just hasn't done as much as Simon Pegg. And we said this last week, I think, personally, I think Nick, and we'll get into the movie, but I think Nick Frost is actually the funnier of the two. And it and it shows because all the comedy in this movie, like all the really laugh out loud moments come from Nick Frost in this film, I think. In the second half of this what movie. in World's End? World's End, absolutely. Oh no! Yeah. See, I actually think it's the other way around. I what I really liked in World's End was the kind of role reversal from the other two because in the other two movies, yes. you know, with Ed uh-huh. in Shaun of the Dead and Danny, Danny in Hot Fuzz, is that he was the he was the lovable idiot. Mm. He, I, he was the lovable idiot and he had the gags. Yeah. But genuinely, I think Simon Pegg flexes a lot more comedic chops in, in the world's end. Oh, he does. He does. But I'm talking about when, da- when uh, I forget his character's name is, Andy. When Andy gets drunk near the end, he's just so... F- I mean, the scenes where yeah. he's drunk, he 
he it's but he's he more but he's more idiot. but he's more dramatic and subdued before then yes. i really enjoyed seeing that aspect See, seeing that side of it, yeah, like, yeah, really yeah. shows his range. Yeah, it does. Really shows his range. Well, when he's in his when he's in his office and he's got his business, but that 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 first scene of you've got a, you've got a friend waiting and it, no, I don't. And the way that he yeah, yeah, yeah. gives that line of conviction, you're like, oh god. Or the other line, which I laughed so much. And he, he's furious in the first third of the yeah, movie. Yeah, and he's but my favorite bit when he when he's furious is when they stop off at the service station and they're all talking about what jobs they're doing. And they're they're sort of saying, oh, he's he's been in the toilet for a long time, and they think maybe he's doing drugs and stuff. And he went, no, he's not. And they went, well, how do you know? And he was because he's over there playing Need for Speed. And the way he delivers that line, and the way he puts his hand yeah. down, is so genuine. He looks so angry. Yeah, and then yeah. It cuts to him playing Need for Speed, and you yeah, think that yeah. is so fucking funny. I yeah, la- I did laugh at that bit. And it's too. a very it's a very on brand kind of camera swish yes. to him, which you know is very iconic of the kind of style of all of these movies because they do have it's not just cornettos no. that they haven't that they have in common yeah. a lot of the style a lot of the camera work and tone is very very the same but actually i, I, I want to bring up the cornetto thing mm-hmm. uh briefly because i actually i don't want to call it the cornetto trilogy anymore i don't care that there's three flavors cornetto in it anymore i'd much rather call it the garden hopping trilogy yeah i'd much rather call it i i i love the variation of the garden hopping gag in all three of them and i realized in the last like two episodes of this series that we that we did we didn't actually mention the garden hopping i know yeah we we didn't get into them i i i think it's the funniest in hot fuzz but it's only the purely because Danny just plows plows through the absolutely incredible. I I think it's so I think it's so funny, Um, and and I I think they only obviously put a little one in here just just to kind of pay homage to the fact that they they do that. Yeah, but it's a big gag. Even though they don't do a full garden hopping, it's a big gag because he go because he he fails to get over one fence, and instead of the panel of that fence falling over or I'm just going up against it. The whole, the whole fence mm-hmm. just just tilts over That's and it. falls over. And it's, it's a brilliant moment. I love it. So I made the statement a couple of weeks ago that this is my favorite and I think the best of the Cornetto trilogy. Now, trying to convince you or the listener that it's the best when they have a clear favorite of no actually Shaun of the dead is my favorite and you know and i'm not going to be persuaded otherwise or and you have the similar opinion of with hot fuzz yeah and i'm not going to sit here and try and persuade you that you're wrong but i want to try and give you some i i I really thought a lot about the world's end yeah because it's the one for some reason that's resonated and i think and i think put my hand in the air the reason why I think it's the best is is not just because I think it is actually the best movie, but I think it's because it ha- hits a real. There's so many personal levels this movie hits me. Oh, on. there are no doubt. So I many I would levels. if you were to tell me sweeping statement that this was the most dramatic and character driven of the three. I would a hundred percent agree oh, with you. God, I yeah. would one hundred percent agree with you, and I do hundred hundred percent agree with that because I think you know by the time you find out everything about gary king yeah by the end you just your heart breaks yeah your your heart breaks for him and he's such a flawed character but he's also a character that everybody knows he's an amalgamation of 
everyone knows that kid from your hometown. Yeah, who 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 lives, you know, who peaked at high school and just lives in those glory days. And to an extent, there's so many other there, there's so many parts of the it, it it's such it's actually it's a very in your face bravado movie, but actually there's so many fragile moments that that I think people like you and me, Alex, we probably identify the most within this movie. You know, like the the small town vibe growing up there. The yeah. fact that when you go home, it's the whole play on the fact that everyone looks the same, but it feels different. Yeah. And they 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 obviously then go full body snatchers, which I, I love. I mean, I love. Yeah. And the other reason why I think this is one of the best movies is because this is the most honest interpretation of, of what Edgar Wright wants to make as a movie. And the reason I say that is because I think this is the... I don't think Hot Fuzz um, is... And I know Hot Fuzz is everyone's favourite, but I don't think that is the best example of Edgar Wright as a filmmaker. I think this is the best example of Edgar Wright as a filmmaker. Deep character. Well, I think a lot of people would mental. say Baby Driver, actually. Yeah, but Baby Driver as well, yeah. I think yeah. it's Baby, Baby Driver as well. Um, but deep, deep characters and kind of mad plot lines. But I think this one more because he he is a sci-fi nerd. I mean, absolutely to the yeah. nth degree, which is why I think maybe this one a little bit more. Um, but it's 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 the element that I, I think you can see Edgar Wright especially is the most comfortable with this movie. Yeah, you can you I personally I think that he you he comes through the most in this movie. I think that he's ever so, you know, it's like if you think of like a, a band, I think the first album is the Shaun of the Dead. That's their, that's kind of where they set themselves up. And then they kind of go mainstream with, with Hot Fuzz, which they did. Yeah. I think this one kind of tries to pull it back to the first sound that they, they, they sort of did originally. And it kind of brings it home a little bit. And no, I, 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 I for so many reasons think that. The other th- reasons that I, I, I love this movie so much, as you said, it's the characters and it's the, it's the way that you are, you know uh, Gary King, as you said, you know an Andy, you know a Steve, you know a Peter, you know an Ollie, you know all these characters. Yeah. And, and, you know, even looking at you and me, I reckon if we turn that off, we could go, that's this friend and our friend. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we had a group, we yeah. had a group of friends, about five of us. And we even, I think one new year, we even, you know, went, oh, we're going to have a pint in every single pub in one of our, in our home. Yeah, we did do that. We did. And so we've kind of. Coin, you know, we decided, oh, we're going to try and have something like this. And I'm sure one day we'll get back to it, which is why I love it. And there's also that element of it's the it's the friendship element. And this is what really speaks to me. Like, I won't lie to you. I, I, I'm happiest when I'm with my friends. I'm happiest when I'm having a laugh, doing stupid things, saying stupid things, you know, trying to do silly nonsense achievements. And I watch it and I'm just like... It, so are you Gary King ha- then? <laughs> no. Are you Gary King I then? Would say, I would say I'm very much like Gary King. I would say Gary King-esque. I think, bit, you've got a a few, I think you've got I think you've got a few characteristics of Gary King. Yeah. Maybe. If you don't mind me naming one of them, yeah. you're never wrong. <laughs> yeah, well... It, yeah. But, but how is that but, a problem? But no, 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 no. Exactly. Exactly. But, in, but and when I say, listeners, when I say he's never wrong, he's never wrong in the same way that Gary is never wrong. Yeah. In that... Which is not a problem. <sighs> it's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that that bit, that bit when he goes, it's never... And then they're in the, the shed and they literally lose the plot with him. Yeah. Um, one character that I want... We've obviously talked about Andy. We've talked about Gary. One character, an actor, who I think shines through so much in this and i and i talked a little bit about him in hot fuzz because he's also in that is paddy considine watching it again 
he is so fucking charming in this he movie. Is, isn't he? And he, there's something about him. I want to see more of Steve. Like the character he brings to it. Yeah. He's actually, he, if you watch it again, right? Watch, I implore you when you watch it again, watch it and just focus on Steve. Yeah. And you have a really good time of it. You know, the scene where they're driving, listening to soup dragons in the car towards yeah. uh, New, uh, was it, was New Haven. New, Newton Haven. Newton Haven. They're driving and he's dancing in the back. Yeah. So he's actually like, although he's he's rolling his eyes, he's enjoying it. Yeah. And the way that he delivers all the lines, you know, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. When, he, when when he's talking about uh, Ollie's sister, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. she's great as well, Rosamund Pike. She's Rosamund really, Pike, yeah. She, she has crumbs a lot in that movie. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it got quite annoying at the end of it, but it's great. But the but the 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 what I loved as well is how Gary has personal relationships with each of the different friends, and yeah. especially with Steve and Andy. And he kind of has a he has a the, the relationship he has with Steve is another one that everyone. I love that line. He goes, "We kind of saw each other as rivals." I loved that. I thought that was really great. And I guess to bring the music, um, the music angle into this, I noticed something quite interesting. So when you see them as kids, and we'll talk about that intro very very quickly. Gary's playing the electric guitar and Steve's actually playing the bass. Okay. And I think that's a really interesting like observation on the fact that he's kind of always in my shadow. And I, right. do you know what I mean? And that's kind of like the, I guess that's the interpretation from a music perspective of someone who's playing bass and someone who's playing, do you know, do you know what I mean? I just think that that's, I, I just thought that was a really interesting, I thought it was a really interesting sort of visual display of actually what's, what's their hierarchy within yeah. the group. Um, I'd imagine, yeah, I, I I would imagine that was done very deliberately. Do you want to talk a little bit about the introduction? Because that introduction of, so you've got a cup, you've got two songs, you've got the only rhyme that bites, but the first song you have is, oh, what's it called? I had an absolute meltdown there, ladies and gentlemen. I couldn't get the name, I couldn't remember the name of that first song, because obviously it's the only rhyme that bites, which is a classic hip-hop 90s track but i couldn't remember it was uh, summer magic which is the first one that that it, it basically takes excerpts from the magic roundabout and then it uses the magic roundabout tune as a remix yeah but i i i love it so much because the music what it does in that scene is it goes this is the kind of it shows them when they were younger it has that amazing remix and the way that it seamlessly, the way that it seamlessly, if and, and you, there's a point in that kind of opening montage where it shows them around doing all the, you know, going yeah. around the Golden Mile and stuff, which is, in my opinion, one of the best introductions to a movie ever. Yeah. Like the way that it introduces all the characters and the way that it introduces what the movie's about. Like it just, it just kind of goes, this is what the whole movie's about. Yeah. It's and about this pub crawl. It's about this one pub crawl. And the way that they romanticize it. Act, like actually makes me shiver sometimes because yeah. there's so the, the, it's the romantic the romantification of the whole like it's the journey the adventure and it's something yeah. so grand and the freedom and, of, and the freedom of it as well because uh, obviously freedom is a big talking point yeah especially towards the end of the movie yes. and the, you know the freedom to fuck up and the freedom to do whatever the hell whatever the hell you want and one of my like favorite musical inclusions mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's a feature in this track if it's a feature in this track or it was a separate inclusion, but at the end of this kind of flashback montage, when he's telling the story of how they ditched the mile and ended up wandering the fields or, yeah, yeah. and pa- passing the fields, whatever, and it was the best time in their lives. And they were, and there's these, this shot of the sun 
coming up over mm. over Newton Haven mm-hmm. and they're watching it and they feel like the lords of the earth or something. The mm. music that's playing in the background in that particular moment is the theme song from a Western movie called The Big Country. Oh, is it? Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Um, and I recognized it because I actually played it as part of the prom in the park type thing oh, that I did a really? couple of weeks ago that we talked that we talked about. It's the one that goes. So, so that is so, but that is the only rhyme that bites. Oh, is it? So that's a remix. Yeah. So that's that. in that track. Yeah, that's in that track. Right. So, so, so the, yes. that so that part of it, mm-hmm. that kind of string arpeggio arpeggio bit is like western galloping that's sort it, of thing that's it. which which sort of speaks to that kind of freedom that's it so so it goes summer magic as i was saying and then it it's it it carefully and the way that the, whoever whoever is in charge of the sound mixing deserves an oscar purely for creating these two very different songs and mashing together and yeah. obviously the only round that bites as you're saying having that element of the big country in it because then it just flows, it goes straight back in. So, yeah, so I hadn't really, see, that just that just tells my complete lack of knowledge of a, of a certain genre where I'm like, oh no, that's a, that's a theme from a West, from, from a Western movie from the fifties, like, you know, peak, peak, uh-huh. we, peak Western era. And you're like, well, actually it's not. It's, well, I mean, it is it because is, obviously, sample, obviously that song, sample, yeah. that song is sampling. It yes. was first and foremost, the Western theme. Yes, so I'm not course. wrong. I'm not wrong about of that. Course, of course. But but was its inclusion in the movie based on the fact that that it was in that hip hop song of the nineties, or was the inclusion in the movie based on that idea of freedom and the kind of Western characteristics of it? I That's think, my question. So this is, and I think the answer to your question is for both reasons. Both reasons are right because okay. if you look at it, it's a very, very carefully chosen nineties soundtrack. Like yeah. very sure, and it's it's all. It's all non-mainstream 90 sounds. You would imagine that all the music that they listen to in this movie, they have on a kind of... And you see the cassette tape when they're playing the Soup Dragons free. And and you talk about freedom because obviously they they say the lyrics of the song free. Yeah. I wanna, I'm free to do what I want. Any old time, you know, he says that at the end. And then the other time they, they use the lyrics of the song is the song that's played after The Only Rhyme That Bites, which is loaded by Primal Scream. You know this, you know the song where it kind of goes, and they never did. And yeah. it shows him in the in the, uh, the alcoholic to not, or the anonymous as you're assuming to be meeting. Yeah. And then it plays, just what is it that you want to do? Yeah. We want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. That, that dialogue of the start of, and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to have a party. That exact dialogue is at the end when he's talking to the the great intelligence. Yeah, and the it, so in answer, really going right back to your question, it, they did it for both reasons because they okay. wanted to have the Western feel of these like gang of rogues and the '90s feel. Yeah, and then straight into Primal Scream loaded. Uh, you know, we we want to ha- we want to get loaded and we want to have a good time. Yeah, is the the really great drawing point for introducing them now as men and him just living in the past like it's kind of cut forward and you went yeah oh, for God, sure look at him and there is quite an element of him he looks pretty haggard in that scene like yeah i mean he looks haggard throughout the whole mo- the whole mm. movie or the, va- the vast majority mm. of the movie anyway and um i just want to bring back to like the, the tragedy of the character gary king mm. because is it ever actually definitively said in the movie 
what it is that's no. that's wrong with it because no. I had a different theory this time watching than the first time I watched it. So for for clarity, I've only seen this twice. Okay. Once when it came out in the cinema and we had that excellence um because we actually saw the Cornetto trilogy back to back in yeah. the cinema when yeah, this movie came out. Yeah. We did a movie marathon which was brilliant fun. Mm. Brilliant fun. But that was the one time I saw it before this rewatching actually. And I remember thinking at the time when they uncover his arms and he's got like bandages and stuff like that, I remember thinking at the time that he pro- he probably like had a disease or something like that. He was down because it was hospital tags and things like that. But now I'm I I kind of think that maybe he was suicidal. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and that he was cutting himself and yeah, he things like that, and like it, it, that just made it so. Oh much. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it, he really sold it. You know, just to cut ahead to like the final scene when Andy's trying to stop him getting that last pint because he's saying, "Why is this so important?" He's like, "Because it's all I have. Yeah, it's absolutely all he has. It's the only thing that he feels gives his life meaning." And that scene where he does reveal his wrists and and he the tags on it, and he looks at him. There's 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 this, and it caught it kind of took my breath away. And the way that Simon Pegg delivered it was amazing. He went, he looked at him and he went, "They tell me when I have to go to bed, man." Yeah, and it's the way that he says that, and you can see his eyes are just filling. Yeah, up, and yeah, you're like, it kills oh, him. God, it yeah, kills yeah. him. The fact that he doesn't have that freedom, and, and as you say, freedom is such an important point for this movie. Yeah, and isn't it isn't it very telling that even though he looks beaten down and haggard and at death's door throughout the whole movie, mm. isn't it very telling that when they turn up in the apocalyptic section mm-hmm. in the epilogue of the movie, mm. which I've got thoughts about that section, but mm-hmm. you know we'll get to that. But when he's with his uh, blanks group of um, it, group yeah. of friends, doesn't he look better? Like in his face, doesn't yes. he look more healthy? Yes, and in I, his face. And I think it's quite jarring, obviously, because as you did say, we watched these three back to back in the cinema for the premiere of this movie. So we were there, and we had our cornettos. We were sat with we Cornetto did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, when you watch him in Hot Fuzz, obviously there's quite a few years between it. You know, there's at least four years between these two movies, but he looks amazing is nicholas angel he looks you know healthy and yeah. then and then that first scene of him as an old man in the meeting you're like oh god like it, it, yeah. it really played onto it um so if i can go back to the, the, the soundtrack for this movie is impeccable um and i want there's a there's quite a few more songs that i want to kind of draw to and the reasons why i think they're really really great but what i want to do now is i want to take a slight tangent and talk to you about the composer of this movie because the composer Ooh, uh, original soundtrack territory. There is, yes. Ooh, Stephen, so Steve, I love that. Stephen Price. Uh, so Stephen Price, who's famous for doing Gravity, is another example. Oh, okay, And yep. Stephen Price, I put it to you that the soundtrack, for, uh, sorry, the score, the absolute written score for this movie, is one of the best. I listened to the score quite a few times. Like, this is, without doubt, in my top 10 favorite scores of all time. Wow. No, no. And the reason it is, is because it's, amazingly delicate at some points as you said there's some really delicate scenes and the way that Stephen Price captures those scenes is amazing yeah. but more so because the the range in instrumentation in the score is amazing because there's techno sci-fi scoring tracks yeah, 100%. and then there's as you said the, you talked about the big country and the western theme and there is a slight undertone of westerns and the reason that there is is because I want to go back to one of the first movies we talked about which was um once upon a time in the west yeah and we talked a lot about how frank's 
instrument or was the electric guitar yeah in yeah this really really distorted electric guitar yeah now if you watch this movie again and you listen to the soundtrack the use of the electric guitar in Stephen Price's score particularly when he's having that drink in the King's Head you know that scene where he's where he's he's like this is all I've got man this is all yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. and you see him pour the pint and Andy's just lost and you, you see him just drink the pint and it plays this epic electric guitar score in the background there's it, I, I that scene gave it gives me shivers every time I, and i've seen yeah. this movie well more than twice like, I, i've seen this yeah no of all three them. it gives me shivers and the score is perfect i mean this is i i would go as far as say this in my imagination is a perfect scored movie for what you have on screen right and the soundtracks that they and then back to the soundtrack side and edgar wright side he has chosen the songs so carefully, so carefully. Yeah. Another example of an incredibly careful soundtrack song is the Doors song, Whiskey Jar. And it's the point where they realize, this is after the bathroom fight scene, they realize yeah. that the town has been taken over and they don't know who to trust. And the song is by the Doors and it's the, please show me the way to the next whiskey bar. And it's the, the, the discomfort, discomforting sounds of that song that's kind of it's like the off tune there's a really kind of vamping piano that plays in the background do you know the song that i'm talking about yes yeah yeah and and then you've got the actual lyrics of it is they just want to get to the next bar they just want to get to the next bar and just let's stick to yeah. the plan do you know what you know what that that song choice reminded me of and like the scene when they were walking in like a in a straight line and, and it's like they were trying to blend into yeah. the perfect image of the town it very much reminded me of Shaun of the, the Dead, dead. going yeah. do, 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 do. Yeah, exactly. when 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 actually it was everything on screen was normal people they weren't actually zombies yeah. at that point but they they were depicting them in their daily lives basically just acting like zombies that's it yeah and i think the two scenes have sort of this kind of parallel yeah yeah the the i guess to move away from the soundtrack a little bit but talk about the movie, but then I'll hopefully try and blend this back into pub number nine. No, eight, when I get to, because the eight uses the sound, pub number eight uses the soundtrack very well. I'll be honest, I lost track of the number of pubs. So I can tell you all the pubs <laughs> in the order. I think I can tell you them all. But, the, but what I want to talk about is the careful, it, it's, it's, we talked about this in Sean Day, talked about this in Hot Fuzz. I think, again, this is, I don't know if it's as good as Hot Fuzz in terms of the, the foreshadowing. But yeah. The, the whole movie is almost it's it because what you see in that opening intro all the main points that he talks about about you know when old man's out of commission he uses yeah. the phrase out of commission very yeah, carefully yeah, yeah. The, the point of all the you know when they bump into the certain people in the certain pubs and then they do the whole thing again yeah. all the things if i bumped into you know ollie's sister in the in the in the, the disabled bathrooms and then i bumped into her again yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, all, yeah all the all these things we you know the marmalade sandwich and the mermaid you know all of these things yeah absolutely repeats itself that scene where things got a bit wild in the beehive and you see andy ripping his shirt off and then he does it again obviously because they're having yeah 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 the the the, and then the even more meta joke is every single pub they go into the name of the pub is what happens in the pub yeah so obviously the first post being the first post the old familiar being a fact that it's exactly the same as the first post you know, right way through things like the two-headed dog. I loved that joke, by the way. Which I loved oh, the, the, um, the Starbucks. The, the, the Starbucks thing. And I extra loved, I, because 
at the beginning at the beginning of their journey it's just that it's just that one-time gag yeah right where you know they're saying all oh, the pubs are being taken over by you know the weather spoons of this world the, the, yes, if yeah. you live in if you live in london the fullers are the green kings yeah. where they all where they all look and feel the same and they all serve the same food and drinks and whatever and all sure. And it was a great one-time gag to have the second pub look exactly yes, like the yes, first yeah, pub. Yeah, yeah. And that was a great gag. But then at the end of the movie, it turned into this amazing thematic point mm. where uh, I think it's Steve that shouts at the great intelligence, yeah, don't Starbuck us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then... Yeah. Is it Steve, is it Steve that it's says Steve, that? Yeah, it's Steve it's, that it's Steve that says Yeah, and he says so yes. Great. Don't stop trying to starbuck us or no, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're like, wow, that's such a great point. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Because that's obviously what they're trying. But but even just like obviously when I said the two-headed dog, the trusty servant, obviously you've got the servants of them, the 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 beehive, because when it all goes mental and they're all like the bees and they're so yeah. and and the fight sequences are out of this world. They the are fight sequences it's a, are amazing. It's a new type of fight sequence yeah. like it, it, it i feel like it borrowed a lot from scott pilgrim if i'm being honest I think so yeah. because every single for lack of a better term contact point mm -hmm. so every punch mm -hmm. every kick every time there was an action it's like time sped up to make the punch or the kick or the throw seem much faster and more brutal than it, than it actually was and it was very um almost kung fu-ish yeah but yeah. none of the moves were as fluid as kung fu no, it was literally no. just camera work and, yeah. and stuff like that <laughs> and also coupled with the fact that as soon as any of the main characters hit any of the blanks whatever they hit ended up exploding or yeah, breaking off and it just turns into absolute carnage it's beautiful to watch yeah. but absolute mayhem so the the one that I was going to talk about and back to the move the music of it was in the mermaid which I love the the fact that the bar is called the mermaid and it's obviously the sirens they're the girls trying to tempt them yeah back nice in. nice and then the song that's played is Kylie it's Kylie Minogue step back in time because yeah. they literally step back in time yeah uh, and 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 I, I just thought also it, was, it wouldn't be a nineties throwback movie if there wasn't Kylie Minogue in there it. somewhere either and then, right? go, and then it goes straight straight into same um a team with join our club because it kind of yeah. that's the song that's playing as they're all trying to kiss and stuff it, it, it's really clever songs from the era that encapsulate what's happening on the screen yeah I, I just think it's so so brilliant um now you mentioned the blue and the blue stuff there and I wrote down something because I want to go back few pubs to pub number four the cross hands which yep. is where we have the first fight sequence in the bathroom yeah and i think they missed a huge trick here because when they say the lines we've got blood on our hands and he goes it's more like ink we've got ink on our hands i think they they shouldn't have included that i think what should have happened is uh andy should have turned to gary and went you've got blue on you oh yeah how good would that have been yeah do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know yeah, how yeah, you've yeah. got red on you, you've got blue yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah. That would have been the best. Yeah, I, I would have just yeah. thought that's. Um, and the other thing that happens there, and again, it, it's 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 a you know for anyone who's been bullied and everyone who's listened to this podcast, I really hope you have been bullied at some point in time. It's a really character. It's a really character building uh, piece that's happened to you, and certainly I and Alex can both condemn that. It's a really good thing, and it's actually everyone benefits from a good old bullying. Yeah, the bully, the bullier, the bulliest, the observers. It's it's good. It, it makes you think. 
Make society tick. It does make society tick. It's a necessary yeah. evil. Bullies, give yourself one of those. A wee pat on the back. Yeah. But that scene where Peter is confronted by the guy who wants to borrow his stool, and he goes, it's not the fact that he bullied me for so many years and he tortured me and all this sort of stuff, and he goes into it. It's not the fact that he made my life a living hell. It's the fact when he asked for that stool there, he didn't even recognize who I was. Yeah, that is heartbreaking. Oh. Like, that really is heartbreaking. Isn't that? Because we can almost... And he live... sells it as well. Oh, I forget the name God. of the actor. It's, it's, it's... I forget the name of the actor, but he absolutely sold that. I, I do and it was really, really tragic. I want to bring up the name of this actor because he is he's one of these actors that he, who is absolutely everywhere. He is everywhere, isn't he? But I don't, I don't it's know Eddie his Mar- name. It's Eddie Marson. Yeah. He is he's in everything. He is he's in everything, in isn't he? So many movies. Isn't he isn't he um the police inspector in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes yes, movies? Yes, yeah. What's the name of the, what's the name of that character? Lestrade. Yeah, Lestrade, Lestrade yeah. yeah. Uh some other really great inclusions. Here's where the story ends by the Sunday, which is obviously the scene in the beehive when you we meet the amazing Piers Brosnan yeah. as a character. Right. This is my first complaint about this movie. There is not enough Pierce Brosnan. No, there's not. There is not enough he's in it he's in it in the flashback where he doesn't speak. He's just there. Yes. And I was watching and I was watching this with my girlfriend and she just got very excited that Pierce yeah, Brosnan yeah, because yeah. you have to get right. I have this obsession with pierce brosnan <laughs> i love pierce brosnan yeah, yeah i absolutely adore pierce brosnan i love all of his james bond movies yes just because of him yes. even the bad ones yes and just because of especially him especially the bad ones especially the bad ones just because of him and i love and i love him in his in the older ones. have you seen the thomas crown affair i haven't but brilliant it's one with the gliders isn't it is that the one i'm thinking of no that's not one with gliders what, he, the, he, what he, am I thinking of Tom, right, watch Thomas Crown Affair because okay. he's great in that. And then later on, and then later on in life, Mamma Mia. Despite the fact that he has an absolutely abismal sing- yeah, singing voice, great. like it's, it's Russell, terrible. It's the Russell Crowe of that movie. Oh, I mean, there, there's debates on the internet as to whether Russell Crowe Ru- 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 Crow in Les Mis or Pierce Brosnan in Mamma Mia fun is debate. worse. That is oh, an it is. Debate. It is, and people people have died over that argument over who's worse, and his Icelandic accent in eurovision song of song of yeah, fire saga yeah, yeah, yeah. is fantastic oh, and, they, and they do such a great joke where he's basically slept with all the women yes. all the women in the town to yeah. the extent that will ferrell and rachel mcadams oh, are there's there's a, she's probably not my sister yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's a it's pretty long story short i love I unconditionally love Pierce Brosnan and he's not in this movie enough. He has like one dialogue scene mm. and then that's it. And I think that I think that's a crime. I think he needed to be in it more. The inclusion actually we obviously there's the, the joke about his tattoo of the Sisters of Mercy tattoo where he kind of goes, I want to prove that I'm actually the real Gary. And he goes, Oh no, that tattoo could have been drawn on. Technically all tattoos are drawn yeah. on. But the idea that he's got this band, the Sisters of Mercy, the Sisters of Mercy do play a song in the soundtrack called The Corrosion, which is a really, really great song. But the last song on the soundtrack, and I, I guess like I don't know where to finish this on because I want to finish it on some highlights of the score there are some impeccable pieces of music that just need to be listened to on yeah. the score just beautiful beautiful scored music um in fact i, I tell you what what, I, what i'm just going to do just to give you a few of the highlights put the pint down and the actual track called the world's end on yeah. the score those two tracks are 
amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to have to delve into this because oh, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I came to this podcast having not listened to the actual original soundtrack. It's amazing. Amazing. And the, the actual track 14, The King's Head, has that amazing electric guitar sequence that I talked oh, okay, about. Okay, cool. So listen to the first part of the, the track, The King's Head, uh, and then The World's End, Put Your Pint Down, are amazing, you know, just chaotic tracks. Which pub is it? That they fight the twins that end the two, up the two-headed dog. The two-headed That's dog. That's why it's called the two-headed uh, dog. Right, okay. That's what I'm saying. All the because t- so I remember it being so weird when she comes back through and she's got legs for arms yeah. and it was like really freaky. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. freaky. Great fight scene as yeah, well. Yeah, it was that. an amazing fight scene. The last song I want to talk about is the end credits song happy hour by the house martins because it's quite jarring the ending of this movie because it just takes a turn as you said and i think that there's two reasons why maybe this movie isn't the the favorite because i think a lot of people put it down to the fact that they have swapped roles as we talked about at the start yeah and also people i think people don't like the ending because it is a very uncomfortable ending it's well they just decide rather than conforming they just blow up and they're annihilated it's now post-apocalyptic world personally i find it's funny right okay so I love the confrontation scene, right? Yeah. I love the fact that Gary is able to take his never wrongness, yes. but his variety of never yes. wrongness, of just belligerent. You can't argue with him. Yeah. And the fact that the great intelligence, beautifully voiced over by Bill Nye, yeah. Yeah, he's good, is yeah. <laughs> it's like, fine. Fuck way. it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck it. it is the last thing he says, yeah. which is brilliant. And I love that scene and i and i actually despite myself i love the visuals of it all blowing up yes behind them and them running away from an explosion from which is like a emp sort of pulse it looks like a em like a science fiction emp but it's the only movie that features an emp style pulse and they don't explain what an emp is have you noticed that about movies no, they did explain what the what the what the pulse was. Oh, did it, they? It said it said they knocked out all the oh, electronics did. and communications. <laughs> no, he not, he absolutely not, said that. There is not an example of a movie that features an EMP that doesn't explain what an EMP is. Yeah, no, there's not one. Well, you have to. Why would you just put EMP into a movie and then not tell not tell the not tell the masses what it is? But my issue is actually that it turns into a, a post-apocalyptic world afterwards. Mm. Because one of the things I loved about Hot Fuzz, yeah. right, was... Oh, no, Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Shaun of the Dead is the point I want to make. What, one of the things I really loved about Shaun of the Dead is how they were able to introduce a... Life carries on and we're back to normal, mm. but with zombies. Mm to the extent that you see zombies in a game show yeah and you know he goes out to the back shed to play playstation with ed, ed. yeah and i re- i really really like that i find it's that much more like every right fine whatever time splitters right brilliant <laughs> i love that much more than i like the fantastical world ending sort of thing i understand yes. why it's there yes but for me personally it didn't do as much for me and i think no i actually think you speak for the majority of people i think that's one of the other reasons why people didn't like this is because the ending is a bit weird and yeah. it's a bit through from i mean i i must admit i think like i'm not going to sit here and say it's the best ending out of three it's probably not yeah. the best ending three but i I do love it. Yeah. And I, I thought the love of, you know, the House Martins happy hour. It's happy hour again. Do, 
Dude, the way that it's it finishes is yeah. is really really great, and you know obviously he's riding off as you say it's like the western. He's riding around this post apocalyptic world with the yeah. young versions of his friends. Yeah, and he is the king, you know, with his with his sword and yeah. And his, and his I do hat. like that. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, but it's just it's the, very embellishment of just the rest of it. And the other thing that I didn't like that just it made me cringe just a little bit was the inclusion of the cornetto. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, it, it just is. Yeah. Like, the fact that when he, he's doing a voiceover saying, yeah, we miss we, we miss some of our favorite processed foods. Yeah. And then this wrapper of the green cornetto, cornetto. Just, just blows up against the fence and he's, trying to, and he's trying to get it. And you're like, the mm-hmm. only reason that is there is to have a cornetto in every movie. And I feel like... Would it would it have just been bad to have at some point in the movie? Do you want anything characters. from the shop? Yeah, Cornetto. Yeah, so, something that that's something just the thing. Things. We just yeah. want that, but just to like at the end of the movie, in the last minute, yeah, literally in the last minute, just be like, shit, we need a Cornetto wrapper. Yeah, exactly. Right, we'll do it. And I I just thought it was a bit cringe. Yeah, I remember everyone in the cinema cheered though. Do you remember that? Well, yeah, because <laughs> because but I think that was more because of the cinema event of yeah, it. The yeah, fact yeah, that it was the yeah. three Cornetto. Yeah, and we were and by that point we would have all been waiting for it. it was, like, was there a Cornetto? Did we miss the oh, Cornetto? That's right, yeah. What, is did, it was it there? I did feel to an extent watching this in the cinema, I was kind of like going through my checklist of things that I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which but I kinda love that. Like yeah. you don't get to do that often when you go and see cinema. No, I I I think this as I said, I hope that I've been able to ele- sort of give to you the reasons why I think this is the best movie. The yeah. reasons I think it brings the most amount of heart. I think it touches the most about it on a subject. I've just got a few more things on my little list to say, little points to make. Uh, so the guitar and the Oh, they talk about New Year in the cross hands. Remember, they, 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 it's, a, it's a cast line. They go, remember we did New Year in here one year and you were up on that pool table. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we did that. We did New Year in those bars. Yeah. Uh, talked about the bullying. They missed a joke, but they got blue on you. All the lyrics. No, I've got them all. I, that's yeah. why I said all my points. Wow. I think, without doubt, this is, in my opinion, the strongest music movie in the Cornetto trilogy. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I would also amend my ranking mm-hmm. of the Cornetto trilogy. <gasps> so I would put The World's End above Shaun of the Dead. Oh. But... Hot Fuzz is still the best. Well, I, I still for think me. that as a win. I think it's funnier. I, I, th- I, I do genuinely just think it's funnier. And, and honestly, I think it, I think it and honestly, no, I, I don't think I could give you many more eloquent reasons other than the joke delivery in West Country accent mm. is just comedy yeah, genius is, when is. they're sitting in the pub and they're, and they're going, there are more guns in the country. Yeah. Yeah. Farmers yeah. and farmers mums. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. A great it, big bushy a, beer. Exactly. Man, all of all of that. So just all the silly comedy stuff of it is why I would but, give but, it to Hot but, Fuzz. But my, I find that, as I said at the start, I, I think Andy, when he gets drunk, is so funny in this movie. Yeah. You know the bit when he goes, well, we're going to go with him. We don't have any other. So that's the best idea we have. And he turns around and puts his hand straight through the door. Yeah. Fuck me. Because he's I not had a drink. Because so he's not much. had a drink in like 20 years, that's he said. It, yeah. So he gets drunk instantly because he just he just downs uh, what six shots that's it and and oh what's the what's the other bit that, that i laughed at there goes the the bit when, <laughs> the bit when he goes when they do the the, the second time around of is it a, a a fruity note that lingers on the tongue and he goes and he's doing it in such a slur is it a 
lingers on the tongue. And then he goes, and then and then he goes to him. You don't see him say it, but it's just focused on Andy. And he goes, ah, I can clearly see you're a beer connoisseur. And and Andy just goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, just, it caught me off guard that little laugh. Anyway, yeah. I, it, without doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, this is a two thumbs up movie for me. Yeah, it's a two, it's a two thumbs up movie for me as well. And I just want to end up saying my favorite joke in this movie i've got to say my favorite joke in this movie and it's the bible written by alexander dumas oh yeah i yeah, absolutely yeah. love that because i actually i think it's the best example of the um you can't argue with gary gary's never wrongness wrong. of it in the fact that he's categorically wrong uh-huh. but you can't tell him why you can't yeah you can't exactly, tell him why it's exactly. like the same after a lot these days what the bible was written by alexander dumas so i know don't be silly it was obviously written by jesus <laughs> Moving forward? Yeah. Now, I've got something to bring to moving forward. Do Ooh. you have something to bring to moving forward? I do. It's more of a like personal thing, just letting you know what I've been up to and mine doing is for that, the... Mine is that too. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I've been doing. Go for it. You do it. So I don't know if, I don't know if you have this, but I always have like a 20-minuter show just on the go. Yes. Like at all times. Yes, yes. I not not heard. not throughout the day, yeah. but just, you know, when you're stuck for something to put on Sh- or sure. or yeah. you're having something with lunch. Yeah, the US and you just, office or something like that. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's nearly always a sitcom. Yeah. Right? So I've re- we've started re-watching Scrubs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on 4OD. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love it. There are certain things about it that haven't aged well. Yeah, it, they do. It, there they are do, some problematic. They jokes they, in they, this, they do they do blackface a few too many times. Yes, in, in that they shouldn't there's ever a, do it. But there's a, there's a lot of trans jokes, I think, and there's a lot of homophobia style jokes. Yeah, and a lot of sexism, and a lot, lot of it, of, a lot yeah. of it's deliberate. Or, yeah, sexism with Elliot and stuff like that. And, isn't there? Yeah. and a lot of it is actually commenting that it's a problem okay. as opposed as opposed to like the the fact yeah, that the fact that, that Doctor Kelso is is incredibly sexist and derogatory to yeah. many groups many groups of people is actually supposed to be more of a commentary of that being a problem in the show sure. but it's not in in 2020 we we, we we society wants it to be much more named and shamed sure. than yeah. it is in that than it is in that show whereas mm-hmm. it's more mm-hmm. subtext mm-hmm. and i think i would forgive it for that but i know a lot of people wouldn't Mm. But the reason I wanted to bring it to moving forward is because alongside rewatching it, I've added a new podcast into my rotation and I've, I've started and I've started listening to real what what's what's it called? Fake Doctors Real Friends. Yeah. It's a Scrubs rewatch podcast mm-hmm. with Zach Braff and Donald Faison who mm-hmm. play JD and Turk. That's it, yep. And my god it's a good it's a good podcast yeah it's so good and they and it's long form media they have guest uh appearances from all the major 
cast and crew actually yes. the creator bill lawrence yes. who is a fantastic storyteller I, I love bill lawrence anytime you ever get a chance to watch an interview or listen to a podcast that features bill lawrence do it because he is an incredible writer oh, interesting. he's an incredible writer an amazing artist but they they you know they talk about behind the scenes they talked about the casting process mm. and they, they go into like hour and a half hour 45 minute podcasts per 20 minute episodes so, so interesting you're talking about this actually yeah yeah that's really and i'm absolutely loving it yeah. and so if you're a scrubs fan out there i would highly recommend um doing a rewatch yeah and doing it but also i i will get through the show much faster than the podcast can come out mm. like because mm. i'm not going to limit myself to one episode per week mm. you know i'm just mm. not i'm just not going to do it i'll watch at least an episode a day mm-hmm. on average mm-hmm maybe maybe like five to six episodes a week mm-hmm. but um you can absolutely still listen to it without being on that particular episode That's... like they do they do guide they do guide you through it, it doesn't have to be totally partnered although i i think you probably would still get more out of it if you partnered them up but yeah i mean that's just the new thing that i've taken uh, that i've taken up this week and i really love it well i'm gonna play the red team to your blue team in oh. talking about another podcast that you've does... been saying that a lot since tenet can i just ca- oh, call you up on that you've been saying a lot red team so do you know what's really funny about it is that i actually organized a game a sort of a game day at my work Right. Sort of when when there was you know before the kind of lockdown started to come a bit okay. harsher, and we we did a I split my whole office into a red team and blue yeah. team, and we did a game. Yeah. So actually, we, we that and that just coincidentally before Tenet. Yeah. So that's actually the reason, and it's just a coincidence. It's, that Tenet it's, it's, it's we didn't just, know red team. Blue no, no, no. Team. But it's just ha- something I've noticed in the last like week or red, so. Red team's that, a phrase that we use quite a lot in our work as well. Right. Okay. Because, because you, I you think kind of previously the normal one you'd say to play devil's advocate. Devil's that, advocate. That, that's 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 the one I feel like. Yeah, was but you know I'm now a man of Jeebus. I've been converted so actually i don't like using that phrase anymore and I wish oh you right okay household and home now that you're in my house oh i see sorry yeah I can, I can see the, see the cross I, above. I can see the cross above the door <laughs> look burning at, look at the angry <laughs> sister in the corner with a ruler in her hand yes <laughs> the penguin but uh to play red team to this i'm gonna talk about <laughs> it you like that just that joke just hit didn't it <laughs> You should have seen his wee face there when he just made the Blues Brothers connection. His wee face. No, I no, I got that instantly. I was just, I, I was just um, laughing at the fact that you doubled down on to play red team again. <laughs> the uh, all right. Go on, so, say it again. To play red team. The uh, the the almost identical style podcast show pairing that I want to talk about uh, is. The office, the US office, have done almost the same thing. And I wonder which wow. one came first. So um, Angela Kinsey and um, and Jenna Fisher, who play Angela and Pam in the show, right. are doing exactly the same thing. Interesting. An hour, an hour and a half episode per episode on the rewatching episode by episode of the 20-minute episodes of yeah. it. They get everyone and they go into full deep dives. I mean, it's full, de- as the way they must do in yeah. the, the, the Scrubs podcast. So... There are these two podcasts for these two iconic sitcoms out there, and they're the best shows to do it about. Because I wouldn't yeah. want to do one of these. I mean, I know you're a How You Met Your Mother fan or Big Bang. Oh, I'm definitely I, not a How. I'm not a fan of either of those. Oh, How dare you? I thought you were. I no, I shows. look. Okay, okay. Full clarity. I watched them back in the day. Yeah. And the only reason I continued with them is because there's just something. I'm a completionist. Mm. I can't start something without finishing it mm. i have to finish mm. things that start as far as series or you know, film series sandwiches 
anything. For example, <laughs> for example, to name but a few. Pots of chowder. Absolutely. There are very few things that I've stopped. But what if I one stop thing, you way through the sentence? Does that really annoy you? That does really that does very annoy me. One thing that I the only thing I can think of that I did stop watching was actually the Big Bang Theory. Oh yeah. I haven't seen the last series of the Big Bang Theory and do you, and I don't want to because I enjoyed I enjoyed the Big Bang Theory. I did enjoy it for like the first four or five seasons, right? But as soon as as soon as they decided that it was going on indefinitely, as soon as they decided that they were big enough that they could just go on forever, yeah. it became shit. Yeah. What 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 would you listen to a podcast about the Big Bang Theory? I would listen to an episode of a podcast about the big bang theory because i think jim parsons Mm. who plays sheldon is a fantastic actor Mm, mm. and i think he's a really interesting guy that's had a very interesting life and actually on that point i did listen to him on the david tennant does a podcast podcast i like his one Oh, you listen to that? I was going to come back to David Tennant, actually. Yeah, because him my other moving forward piece. It seems a very podcast-heavy moving forward. No, no, it's not. It's a different. You're you're gonna love it. You're gonna love this one. Okay, keep going. But I very much enjoyed the Jim Parsons episode of that, and I think he's a really interesting guy, and I really like the guy that plays Howard as well, Howard Wallowitz. I think he's I think he's really interesting. I think he's really interesting and really talented as well, because he's a he's a musician as well. He's a fantastic pianist. Yeah, and uh, also Maram. Bialik, who yeah, played... I was, that's who I was going to bring up. Man she's Bialik. really interesting that's because she's actually a proper scientist. Yes, she's she's a, is he a neurologist or she's a... I thought she was like a either a biologist or a chemist. I'm going to bring her up here because she, yeah, she is incredibly smart. PhD, yeah, neuroscience. Neuroscience, yeah. yeah. And, and I love that. And I love what an interesting life because obviously she's an actor as well. And it's not just the fact that she got a role in the Big Bang Theory because she was a scientist and that was like a bit of a gimmick for them she'd been in other stuff before Mm. like she was an actress as well as being uh you know a world-class scientist as well like it's Mm. it it is is incredible but you know the show got really bad later down the line what would be the pod what would be the the podcast you would listen to for the show i was thinking about this in terms of sorry I'll, i'll rephrase that what would be the if if there was any show that had a podcast about it on the episode rewatch Outside of Scrubs, Office, Big Bang, all this, what what show would it be for you? One that doesn't exist because there's yeah. one that does exist that I do want to Which watch. Which one? The West Wing. Oh, okay. But what what one that doesn't exist? That doesn't exist that I wish did yeah. exist. Is there a show that you would love to learn, like have a podcast about a rewatching? Because the one that I want is I'm desperate for. Um, uh, Can I cheat and make it a film? Get, make it a film series. Which one? Marvel. Oh, that would be good. Oh, see, that would be really good. See if yeah. they did. See if they did a Marvel rewatch podcast, and it was the A list, awesome. and it was the A list cast and crew that guided you through each of the respective movies. That would be insane. Oh, that's a great idea. That'd be what brilliant. A fantastic idea, mate. Oh wow! I hadn't th- I might have blown mine out the water. I was going to say it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> that is also correct. Yeah, that, that is also Danny correct. And, and Charlie Day, like that would be great. That 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 is also make correct. those two things happen, people. Make sure that those yeah. two things happen. We want always sunny and Marvel podcasts. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty. Yeah, Justin Roiland, Dan Harmon. They the, would be. The pro- they would be good. The, mm... The problem drunk. is that it'd be a bit weird. No, that's the thing. Yeah, I think get... I think the form that that would take would be a bit mm. 
hard to swallow. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. Oh, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I oh could listen to those two. What? What? The complete South Park yeah, rewatch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that would be. I mean, how many series of that? Uh, I don't know, but I I said that over um Dan Castaneda and uh and what are they call the Simpsons cast. The Simpsons cast. Oh, Simpsons is too big. Simpsons you is couldn't too do big. it. I think maybe, because they don't even, they wouldn't even remember like the well, thing. Scrubs is almost too big. If you said Scrubs, I mean that's a lot of episodes. I mean the office it's about two hundred odd. Ju- the US office is just enough, but the Scrubs is Sc- no, Scrubs is not that big because US Scrubs office. Scrubs is eight seasons and one and the ninth season, which is terrible. Yeah, right. And one of those seasons is short because of the writer strike. So there's still less than 200 episodes. God, and it's only 188 seasons for the US office, so it's only 20 or so less. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're quite long. What one did we what did we just say there? The Well, to put things in context, The Simpsons has over 600 episodes. Wow. Is and I know right? and I know that because 689. Yeah, 689 and there's episodes. There's more ones coming on to Disney and Plus. And there's there? more coming, which is nutty. I yeah. started rewatching all the Simpsons on Disney you Plus can't actually. Not, can you? I mean, no, you can't. It's just and that's just a long thing that I'll delve back into and I'll probably finish it in like five years or yeah, something exactly, like that. Exactly. You know? Imagine rewatching that. Jesus. I know, Christ. Uh the last thing that I want to bring to moving forward, it starts with sorry, my phone's going nuts, I got a mate with my message. The, 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 the thing that I wanted to talk about is a TV series that has just had its second season drop onto Netflix. We have not talked about this. You will love this show because okay. it's based in West London. It's based in Hammersmith. Oh. And the reason it's based in Hammersmith is because of a throwaway line in one of the episodes. Now, there is uh, there is international versions of this. There's a Spanish version, a German version, a French version. But what I want to talk about is the UK version of the show Criminal. Okay. Have you seen Criminal no, on Netflix? No, not seen it. Man, you need to watch this. Seven episodes, three episodes in the first. It's Black Mirror, but police investigation Black Mirror. Oofed. The whole thing takes place in the interview interview rooms of of the police detective. That sounds know. claustrophobic. It is claustrophobic. Ooh, and the first that season, makes me uncomfortable. The first season has David Tennant in one of the. So every oh, episode, that. Every, yeah. every every episode of the show is a totally different story. You don't right. have to watch them in order. There's a kind of developing plotline between the investigators, but it's not really. But it, it, it's the nuance of the of the show is is absolutely fantastic. But the series two has just dropped. The second episode of series two is one in particular I want to talk about. It's it's got Kit Harrington, and obviously Kit yeah. Harrington, we, we haven't seen him in a huge amount. I think he was. Oh, sorry, that was. <laughs> that Siri. Do you know what Siri does that? Stop, no Siri. Oh god. I'm not sure I do either. No, hang on, I'm going to turn her off. Oh please Let's do. Go God, it's isn't it ironic that we're talking about interviews and things recording, and it's like Siri's just listening into us. Yeah. Like, oh god. Do you know what? I'm the, scared of your phone I'm gonna now. put I'm gonna put her over there. Okay. Wait, Naughty step. God, they're a bit menacing, aren't they? Yeah. That's another thing on Netflix that I recommend you watching: the Social Dilemma. So, I right. Oh, that so I know that it's I a, it's a bit I know that it's I have to watch it because I've seen so many people just broad not even tell me directly to watch it. I've had people 
put through Facebook media. posts, put Facebook posts saying They're just to up. every single one of their friends, watch the social dilemma. And it's like, I know <sighs> I have to watch this at some point, but it's, I feel like I need to be in the right mind frame for it. Just for any, anyone, it's something that I guess I'm, I'm not an expert, but I have a slight understanding of some of that world. It's very fear mongery. Please, yeah. please take some of the stuff in that with a pinch of salt. I feel there's an element of responsibility that they don't capture that well in that documentary. Right, okay, so fair. just please, please don't don't put the tin hats on because it kind of right. it's what they want you to do. Don't don't. Right. Don't, but, but a lot of it is true. A lot of it is true. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Just back to criminal before we go on any further. I guess we could finish after that one. But criminal is amazing show. Amazing. As I said, it's a Black Mirror style show. Kit Harrington is in. So David Tennant is in one of the episodes in the first season. He is impeccable in it. He's so good. He's one of the people being interviewed. And then Kit Harrington in in series two is in the second episode. The reason that I liked it is because the story that Kit Harrington takes, he he does this amazing monologue of his version of the truth. And then throughout this 40 minute episode, they kind of, they they put in different perspectives of different people. And the whole story happens in Notting Hill. And then they're in Hammersmith. And it, it, it is, it's really, it's, it's a really uncomfortable show to watch. Right, really, okay. And especially that episode, the themes and the tones of that episode talk about, um, I guess, uh, like the, the culture of when you're having a drink and you kind of, you know, like, you know, like falling in love with an employee after a few drinks and then like trying to use, you know, like, I, I guess the, the, the not to get too much into it, but there's an, a rape allegation in that episode. Sure. And it's, they try and get to the bottom of the rape allegation. And it's kind of what it kind of comes down to his word against uh, right. His word against hers, and the, the, there's a really interesting twist that the Kit Harrington episode takes at the end, which me and Maddie were talking about for ages afterwards. Um, and I don't know if I want to spoil it because there's a no, don't. point. Don't, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. Okay, don't what, spoil do it. do watch, do watch <laughs> okay. it, and we can maybe come back to it at the end. But but there's a really interesting talking point of the last five minutes of that episode, yeah. and and it, and it flips the whole that it flips the whole episode on its head. I, I cannot cannot recommend Criminal enough. But my God, it's like, it's heavy. You right. can't watch them back to, you. even though there's seven episodes, you cannot binge it. You right. cannot, it's too Well, I deep. think, it's I think, heavy. yeah, yeah, cool. I think I will. But that's me. Yeah. That's all I have. Podcasts Great. and deep police dramas. Love that. Anything else from you or is that, is that well, for the day? What you want? I need to, I, I need, I need to I formally announce. What? Next week. Yeah. It's time. Which one? Are we doing Justice yeah. League? Yeah, it's we? Justice League time, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Fuck me. <laughs> I thought you strap were gonna... yourselves in. Strap yourselves on, more like <laughs> for the fucking of your life. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, no, I thought you were going to say about the whole the, the whole um, something else that we probably should have brought to moving forward. The Tom the Tom Hardy rumors are have emerged again. He's been recast as Bond. Oh God, right? I think I think it's true this time. I think there's an element of truth to it. Uh, yeah, no, I think there's an element of truth to it, and I've decided that I'm only going to like it if they if they put him back in an east to, to the sixties. Oh, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, if they yeah. cast if they cast Tom Hardy as Ian Fleming Cold War Bond. Done. Done deal. All, all in. Done all deal. In, yeah. If they make it Tom, I, I won't be as interested if it's Tom, if it's 21st century Tom Hardy. No. no. And I don't know why I think that, no. but I don't want to delve too too deeply into that. Yeah. Next week, Justice League. Oh. Just prepare yourself. You're coming around. We're going to watch it. Any other, any other news before we finish? Boys is doing well. You've been watching the boys? Uh, Still on the first season. Oh, you're there. Yeah. yeah. Second season is really good. 
Okay. Uh, actually, is an improvement. Actually, yeah. is an improvement. All the ca- like rare that a show gets better. Remember that used to happen. Remember that used to happen when TV shows, every series it got better and better. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't happen anymore. But when it does, it's quite refreshing. Yeah. The Boys is a good example of that. Oh, that's good. That's, uh, Looking forward to it then. I think that's us. I think I'm that's sure us. Other things rattling around. Loads of other things have been announced and and, and pushed out there. But well, let's save some for let's... for next for for next week. But the only thing I have to ask you is, what do the listeners have to do now? Oh. <laughs> They've got to go onto the Apple Podcast app and give us a cheeky little five star rating mm-hmm. and perchance a little review. Because if you write a little review, it really does we help. We do, we do love it. We love reading. We kind of are turned on by it, and we fancy you after you do it. Right, well, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, I'll not, I'll not speak for you. But if you don't fancy writing us a review, you can tell us what your favorite movie is, what your favorite soundtrack is, be it original or like collated mm-hmm. or and it, and it really does and it really do it on, on spotify too <laughs> you can't do it on spotify you can't do it on spotify but it's dirty if you do Look, yeah bad, bad. dark dark web spotify <laughs> but no if you did write us something it really does help other listeners find us and we want to reach as many people as possible we because do. we think um, more people deserve to hear our annoying voices mm. rather than Be pestered by us interested yeah. in our in our kind of lack of research and, and and quality of opinions and views brilliant and uh yeah yeah the slight finishing of the fact that we don't finish our sentence we have an email address as well mm, do you know what really butters our parsnips is when you write to us on motionspod at gmail.com it really gets us off i'm gonna, I'm gonna stop doing this whole yeah it's, 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 it's no, making fact, me gonna, feel a little bit uncomfortable fact, do now that i'm more than now that i'm in the room with you it makes makes me much more uncomfortable. i'm gonna look you dead in the eyes because we are crouching around this we need to get this thing set up you your mic's good though i yeah. like this mic mine's mine's not that's oh. fine isn't it it's fine yeah it's fine it was fine. mark one over there bless yeah oh, we should upgrade it shouldn't i Ooh, we <laughs> per se Oofed. sorry not per se alex Oh, very good, very good. good. I like that. Excellent. Well, it's Justice League next week, but until then, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. And goodbye for me. No, no, no. That's not what I say. What do you say at the end? All right, guys. Ta ta.